Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. If you have not already subscribed to the show, please do that. Go ahead and pick up your smartphone and go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Spotify. Click that subscribe button. If you like the video version of the show, go to YouTube. You can find me at Liz Wheeler. Go to Rumble, rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. Hit the subscribe button there. On YouTube, if you hit the bell, then I can notify you. Every time we have a new episode, a new interview, a new video, we have lots of new content all the time for you over there. Really appreciate everybody who's been subscribing. And don't forget, if you haven't, go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Okay, in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. today, what I want to talk about, we will be talking about the new monument, the new statue, I don't even know what to call it, and you'll see why in a moment, that was unveiled in Boston this weekend in honor of Martin Luther King. We'll be talking specifically about how horrible modern art is, it's simply dreadful, and how disappointed Martin Luther King Jr. would be in the state of racial divide in our nation, thanks to the Democrats. It gives me no pleasure to say that. It's a very sad thing to think all those years after the civil rights movement that this is where we are. We're also going to be, uh, let, me, let me rephrase this. Actually, what I want to say is what I was planning on talking about today was the Biden classified document scandal. This is quite a big deal. I know that there are some people, actually on both sides of the aisle, some people who are saying, you know, you're not going to change anybody's vote by talking about a classified document scandal. The working, the working class man's not going not gonna, to you know, stop, stop his job and say, you know what, all of a sudden I'm going to vote for a Republican after never voting for one in my life. I'm never going to vote Democrat again because Biden had a, a stash of classified documents next to his Corvette. And listen, I get that. I totally hear that argument. And I think in a sense, there's some validity to that argument. But there is a lot more about the Biden classified document scandal than meets the eye. I like to call it almost political incest that's behind this, first the targeting of President Trump and then the way that, that Biden's classified document scandal is being handled. I was going to talk about that today, but then over the weekend, I was talking to you guys online and I said, well, what, what's been going on lately that we haven't talked about on the show yet that you want to talk about, that we want to unpack, identify the what it is of the topic and then properly order our response, which is what we do. And a lot of you said, I, I want to talk about Andrew Tate. Can we talk about Andrew Tate? And we have not yet talked about Andrew Tate. If you don't even know who Andrew Tate is, that's okay. I'll tell you who he is, why he's controversial, why some conservatives are embracing him, why some people ought not to be embracing him, why he's so incredibly popular online with young men, the allegations against him. You guys asked to talk about that, ask for my thoughts on Andrew Tate and his brother being arrested in Romania, the accusations against them of rape and sex trafficking. And let me tell you, we haven't talked about this on the show yet, but we're going to today because I have many, many, many thoughts about this. Um, the Biden classified document stuff, don't worry, we're going to talk about that tomorrow. So stick around for that. We are also today going to talk about the CDC. The CDC flagged the COVID vaccine booster, the bivalent booster, uh, as potentially dangerous for old people because they found indication that there's increased risk of stroke in the 21 days after someone over the age of 65 receives the COVID-19 vaccine booster, the bivalent booster. Um, we're also going to talk about the new variant. It's an it's a Omicron sub-variant, and it reportedly according to the New York City Department of Health, is more transmissible to certain people. Certain people are more likely to catch it, and it's not what you think. You might be surprised about who is more likely to catch this 
than others. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Let's get to it. Okay, it's MLK Day today, so happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It, 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 it should be a better day. It should be a day that we can all come together in our country and celebrate the triumphs of our nation over some of the errors and the sins in our nation's past regarding the discrimination against black people in our country. But that's not really what MLK Day is anymore. It's just a reminder of the racial divide that exists in our nation because of Democrats race baiting. We'll, we'll talk about all that in a minute. I, I, before we even get to that, I wanna talk about this, this sculpture. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. In Boston over the weekend, they unveiled a new sculpture. It's supposed to be like Boston's Statue of Liberty. They're trying to make it more, pro not more prominent, but they're trying to make it cooler than it actually is. They're calling it Embrace Boston. And the statue, it's in Boston Common. And the, the, the sculpture, it's not really a statue because it's not actually people, as you'll see in a minute, is supposed to depict MLK embracing his wife, Coretta Scott King, but it's not a literal rendition of this. It is modern art. This is uh, the unveiling. Take a look at this. Okay, if you guys are only listening to this show, I highly encourage you to go watch this video. Let me tell you what it is. So there's this giant black blanket drape over this sculpture. It is yanked off. You're expecting to see a depiction of Martin Luther King embracing his wife, Coretta Scott King, and instead you see, what is it, guys? I know you're thinking this. I know everybody who saw that sculpture is thinking the same thing. I don't care if it's obscene. I don't care if it's classless. You look at that, and what does it look like? It looks like a couple of hands. I mean, it looks like a couple of hands on a giant wiener. Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist. A confidence boost before your interview? or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. There's no, polite, there's no polite way to say this. It is so atrocious. This is a photograph. Can we see this first photo? This is a photo of the back of the sculpture. The back of the sculpture. You have to be honest with me. What do you think when you look at that? We're all thinking the same thing here. What, what on earth, what on earth? Okay, so then can, can we go to the next photo? The next photo here is the same, the same frame, but this is without the, without the um, uh, fence, without the fencing around it. So now you can see that there's a, what looks to be part of a man's arm and a woman's arm with a bracelet. Okay, but what are they embracing? What is this object that they are embracing? Oh, good Lord. I don't know if the artist had a dirty mind or if this artist was just high out of their mind. This, so I, I want to show the comparison picture next. This is actually the photo of MLK and his wife on the right, where he has his arms draped about her. I think he had just, I think this was a photo just after he 
realized that he won the Nobel Peace Prize. This was his his celebratory embrace with his wife. You can see how the hands are crossed. And when you see those two those two things, the photograph of MLK and then the sculpture juxtaposed next to each other like this, you can see the hands look similar. Sure, okay. But why don't they have bodies? Why don't they have heads? And what is that object in the middle? I know this is gonna sound very uncultured, but I hate modern art. I find modern art to be so ugly, so horrific, so horrendous. I don't find it to be abstract with some hidden meaning that you just have to step back and tilt your head to the side and look at it from a certain angle. I find it to be atrocious. This is, this is um, Liberty University's Freedom Center posted this photo, and I think that this is a, a great comparison. Back in 2011 in Washington, D.C., there was, you can see it on the screen, there was a sculpture that was erected in Washington, D.C. of MLK. That's what it looks like. It is MLK standing with his arms crossed, looking out. It looks like he's looking out at our country with like firmness and love. And it's cool. It's really cool. It, it, it shows a living part of history. And then down here, 12 years later, we have this. If this is not commentary on how our culture has devolved, then I don't know what it what what is. But what is it? What is this? Like, what were they thinking? Modern art is just so horrendous that um, if I were MLK, I would be so insulted. But here's the thing. We can mock this sculpture all we want, and we should, because I don't want our country decorated with objects like this. I mean, anyone can make this object. It's like when they stack a tower of sponges and tie it with a with a ribbon and say, oh, this, this is worth $1,000, this is worth $10,000. Like, no, it's a tower of sponges. Of course, anybody can do that. But the big question on a day like today is not just to make fun of terrible artists and their terrible art and cities that fall for this and actually pay good money to display this in their city, but to ask the question, where are we as a nation racially? Because Martin Luther King, this was a long time ago. Martin Luther King and I Have a Dream was a really long time ago, and it was a pivotal moment in our country. It's some, it was an incredible thing that happened to see how much we've overcome as a nation because we were founded on the proper cornerstones, on, on the idea that all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that skin color and race and even sex don't factor into whether or not God endows you with these inherent rights and whether government is prohibited from infringing upon them. Those are the proper cornerstones, cornerstones on which no other nation had ever been built. And yet, once we had that proper founding on the proper cornerstones, sinful men and women in our nation misapplied those cornerstones and they discriminated against people. They discriminated against black people and against women. And we misapplied them for a long time in egregious ways until we course corrected because that was another cornerstone of the, found, of the founding of our nation that was proper. The, the idea that just because we stumble doesn't mean that we can't turn around. Just because we err doesn't mean we're irredeemable. This is, this, is what, this is what I wish we were celebrating in our nation on MLK Day. I wish we were celebrating unified, looking back, everybody in our country looking back and saying, even though bad things happened in our history, we are able to overcome. We are able to be unified. We are able to eradicate those, yes, institutional racist policies that were for a time the law of the land. But that's not, what we, that's not what we really talk about today because we've taken a step backwards. Instead of continuing to course correct, instead of continuing to ensure that all men 
in their, in their equal creation are, are protected, their rights, their unalienable rights are protected. Instead, we've devolved into a race-baiting society where we're more racially divided now than ever before, where our government institutions and our cultural institutions are teaching children to be racist, to feel racist, to feel oppressed, depending on the color of their skin. Where we have companies, workplaces, and corporations that are actively training employees in racialism. This is not a good look for our country. This is not something to celebrate. It makes me sad on MLK Day that that's where we are, that that's where we are as a nation. And then, of course, we have this terrible statue. And maybe that's Maybe there's, maybe there's some greater commentary to it that, that art lovers everywhere get that I don't. Maybe, maybe it's supposed to be a sad statue showing that uh, the head has been removed from the movement, the civil rights movement, and all that's left is, I don't know, a, a arms without a body. I, 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 I couldn't even begin to analyze art for you here, but except to say that this is, this is morbidly ugly, and so is the racialism and the race baiting from Democrats in our country. Okay. Now we're gonna talk about Andrew Tate. And like I said before, we're gonna talk about the Biden classified document stuff. There's more to that than meets the eye. We're going to talk about that most likely tomorrow because so many of you asked me to talk about Andrew Tate today. I do wanna talk about Andrew Tate. First of all, if you don't know who Andrew Tate is, that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you an introduction. A lot of people don't, but you'd be surprised at how influential this guy was slash is online for some very interesting reasons. So who is Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate is a former kickboxer uh, turned social media influencer, an influencer specifically uh, targeting young men or specifically, I guess, young men like him. I don't know if he specifically targets young men, but they certainly follow him and like him and are influenced by him. And he got extremely rich off of, off of making pornography. He's not a porn star himself that I know of, but he sets up studios and hires women, young women, to, um, they're called webcam girls, and he hires them to do sexual things in front of a camera and men pay to watch them. So that's how he's gotten rich. He was kicked off big tech a couple months ago. Maybe, I don't know, maybe six months ago. He was kicked off of big tech because he has said what big tech claimed were some sexist, misogynistic things. And we'll get to those things in a minute. You can decide for yourself whether they're sexist or misogynistic. Um, fast forward to today. We're skipping apart, but we'll go back to it. Fast forward to today, and Andrew Tate and his brother Tristan were arrested a couple weeks ago in Romania, which is where they live. Um, This was publicized maybe more than it would have been because it happened in the immediate aftermath of Andrew Tate's little tete-a-tete on Twitter with Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg, Andrew Tate had uh, responded to uh, Greta Thunberg tweet about how many cars he has and how much fossil fuel that guzzles. And, you know, he was just he was just trolling her. He was just trying to trigger her. And she tweeted back to him. And uh, it's one of the most liked tweets on Twitter ever, ever. Um, and she made fun of him. You can go look up the tweet for yourself if you want. She made fun of him. And almost the day, two days after, a week after, with while this was still a news story, he and his brother were arrested and accused of both rape and sex trafficking. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. 
so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Now, he denies this. He's, he blames what he calls, quote-unquote, the matrix for attacking him because the matrix is basically his term for what we would call the swamp or the globalists, you know, the, the powers that be, the ruling class. He calls it the matrix. He blames the quote-unquote matrix for attacking him because he questioned some of these global leftist narratives. Like, he questioned COVID, and he, um, probably COVID specifically is what they didn't like, but also the climate change, the climate change alarmism he questioned. He's not a right-winger. He says he's a libertarian, but, you know, certainly not a, a, a cultural or more moral conservative here. No idea how he votes. Um, so that's, that's sort of the who it is of Andrew Tate. Now, what that doesn't explain is why he's so wildly famous, why he's so wildly influential, why on TikTok his videos would go viral constantly, that he was a threat to the point that big tech, in coordination with each other, all canceled him. They censored him completely. They booted him off. They deplatformed him. This is the who it is of this guy. He's former kickboxer turned social media influencer, very influential in uh, with the, the demographic of young men. He's, he also made himself rich not really by being a kickboxer, but by making making pornography, hiring these webcam girls. He was kicked off big tech. Then he was arrested in Romania. But why, why is he so influential among young men, specifically among young men on the right? Well, this is where I want his words to speak for himself. I'm not going to explain what he says. I'm going to show you what Andrew Tate says to young men. And I want to hear your immediate reaction to this. I want to hear your response and I want to hear what, what emotion he evokes when, when you hear these words. So take a listen. Females can do things men could never do. The fact that women can give life is literally a miracle. It's a beautiful thing. I'm not saying that the world can function without women. I'm not saying you're valueless. In fact, I'm saying that you're all so important that men have evolved to protect Females. We're not out here to oppress you. We spent the largest majority of human time going to die in a field by ourselves to protect you while you sat at home. It's absolutely disrespectful to look at all the men who died in World War One, World War Two, charging through fucking gunfire to protect their wives and children. That's why they did it. It's this important. is what men do. We've, ev- we've evolutionarily were designed to protect them. That's why we have faster reactions. And that's why if you get rid of the feminist, femcentric crap and actually be truthfully honest with yourself, if you were to go into any kind of dangerous scenario, you would want a man at the helm. Okay, so you can see why that's very popular, right? Not only is it a, is it a well-done production, it has that, that music that builds up, it, it's quick cuts, it has cool-looking shots, but also, also B-roll that illustrates what he's talking about. The message itself is not, and he, he presents it in a, in a good way, he's a good showman, the message itself is not incorrect. It, I mean, you can quibble with with little nuances here and there, but overall, I agree with what he's saying in this specific clip that men are designed to protect women. Now, I, I would probably take it a step further and not just say evolutionarily. I would say the God God given roles that 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 men are supposed to fulfill is the protection of women. But that that's motivating for young men, right? Well, this is this is also what he says to young men about what happens to men when they grow up. 
If you were to ask any boy, seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, where do you want to be when you're 25, 30? They're going to say, big house, fast car, beautiful wife. That's what they're going to say. And slowly, the programming of the matrix beats this dream out of men. So they get to my age and they're fat with a woman who doesn't love them, who drags them down, and their wife is in their ear saying, oh, you shouldn't watch Tristan and Andrew Tate. Those guys haven't grown up. Growing up is an analogy for having the aspiration that every boy has beaten out of them and accepting the programming of the matrix. Okay, so even that one, even that one, you might be thinking, Liz, I don't know why you're about to criticize this guy because he sounds okay to me. These messages sound okay. Well, yes, at first glance, they do sound okay, although that video gives us just the first red flag when he talks about what every boy wants when he grows up, that he wants a lot of money, that he wants a lot of cars, and that he wants a hot wife. That may be true, but but there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way to do this. We're not, we're, we're not gonna get to the commentary part yet. I don't wanna, I don't wanna give away... Uh, get away the commentary before you have a full picture of who Andrew Tate is and what he says. He also talks about how men influence women and how women can't be women unless men are men. Take a listen to this one. I blame men for all this. I don't blame women for this. We live in a culture now where everyone's constantly blaming women for the fact that relationships are broken and women aren't women anymore. How can a woman be a woman if a man's not a man? Right. This, this is a man's fault. I think so many men are prepared to allow themselves to be disrespected and trimmed on and talked like, to like crap. Well, then what do you expect? If I go on a date with a girl and we're sitting there and she decides to insult me, I'm going to say, oh, it was very nice to meet you. Goodbye. Okay, and then most importantly, this is actually, this is actually what Trump did with the white working class, Andrew Tate is doing the same thing with young men between the ages of maybe 15 and 25. He's acknowledging the fact that these people feel overlooked in our culture, that these people feel taken advantage of, that these people feel like they've gotten the short end of the deal, that they are grinding day in and day out, and that they're reaching the end of their rope. And Andrew Tate looks at young men in the eye and says, I see you, I feel you, and here's how to get away from that. Listen to this one. Canceled, attempted to cancel me because I became the most Googled man on the planet and I had mass influence over youth, especially males, 18 to 23, 24 year old males. Yeah. And those are the backbone of the slave force. And we always have been and always will be. Doesn't matter if you look at modern times or ancient times. If you had to build an aqueduct or a road or raise an army, you'd go and find the 18 to 22, 23 year old fighting age males. We're the most important demographic on the planet. We're the strongest, we have the most energy, we're the most capable of doing the most difficult tasks. They're trying to reduce the masculine tendency to rebel because they want this subsect of the population ready to either go die in a ditch or work for fucking nothing. The last thing they want is this subsect of the population to think. For everyone watching at home, I would never kill myself. Okay, be honest with me now. After watching those videos, especially if you're a man here, do you feel like you're sitting up straighter? Do you feel buoyed up? Do you feel like you have been seen and recognized and appreciated for things that you feel like you can't even speak in this culture? If I were a man, that's how I would feel. Because those are very motivating things that Andrew Tate just said, especially about how fighting age males, what they have done for our, our, not just our country really, but for the entire globe, and done it in the name of protecting women and children. That's quite something. And how, and how now our culture says to men, at that age, in that demographic, that they should stop being men and that they are inherently bad for being men. We're gonna actually get into the larger part 
uh, the contrast, I should say, between what Andrew Tate is saying to young men and what our culture is saying to young men. But before we before we get into all of that, I want to talk about some of these allegations that Andrew Tate is facing. So re- not even the ones in, in Romania yet, but if you rewind to 2015, Andrew Tate was accused in Britain of both rape and violence and, and violent assault. Uh, Business Insider, I guess they're just called Insider now, Insider reports on some text messages that Vice News got a hold of that Tate had sent to some of his acu- to some of the women who accused him of raping. And by the way, uh, this is really disturbing stuff. So your call, whether you have kids in the room or not, but just just a little warning that that some of this stuff is graphic and it is really disturbing. This is what Tate said in one of the text messages that he sent to the woman who accused him of raping her. These text messages, like I said, were obtained by Vice. He said, and I quote, I love raping you. He said, monsters are monsters. When you're under my control, I do whatever I please. If that doesn't make you sick to your stomach, then I don't know what will. That's a horrendous, I mean, it's an evil thing to say. The UK police, even though they had turned over, even though these these women that were accusing him turned over their phones, they declined to prosecute Tate for these allegations of rape. Uh, Basically, they said that they didn't have an expectation that they could get a conviction, which I don't know what that means. I don't know if there was exculpatory evidence on these women's phones. I don't know if rape cases are notoriously hard to prove because generally there's just two people present. He said, she said, and unless there's some kind of injury, it's, it's, it is truthfully difficult to establish whether it was uh, whether there was consent or whether it was regret. I know that that's an unpopular thing to say. I don't know the specifics of this case. What I do know is that text message is disgusting. That text message is gross. So this is what Insider says. Tate was arrested on December 17th of 2015 over that allegation. Tate had been arrested earlier that same year over allegations from two other women who also spoke to Vice. One accused him of rape and the other of violent assault, saying he strangled her. He was arrested over these allegations on July 18th of 2015, police confirmed to Insider. The UK's Crown Prosecution Service did not bring charges in any of the cases. The third accuser shared texts with which uh, she said Tate sent her after he raped her. She gave those messages to police, she said. Insider could not independently verify them. The woman told Vice that she and Tate had known each other since 2009 and began dating in 2013. The first night that she went over to Tate's apartment, she told the publication that a switch had flipped after she told him she did not want to have sex that night. I got up and looked at him and went, what's wrong, the woman told Vice. The guy literally laid there and said, I'm just debating whether I should rape you or not. She told that outlet that Tate strangled her and raped her after that moment, calling her his property and asking, who do you belong to? Six months later, Insider writes, the woman had filed a police report, and by 2015, she was contacted by the police as they sought evidence on Tate. At that point, she turned over her phone, which included the text with Tate after the incident. The voice notes provided by the woman from Tate struck a, a it, these are beyond disturbing. I don't even actually want, want to read the entirety of what's in his voice notes. You can look that up for yourself if you want on insider.com. But suffice to say, this, these are some pretty serious allegations. Now, allegations don't equal guilt. Tate deserves the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. He was not charged by police for these things. So was was did he commit a criminal act? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and, and make the make the presumptuous judgment one way or the other. But I will say, regardless of whether this was a criminal act, this is really nasty behavior. This is this is this is horrendous behavior. This actually shows that he is not a man at all. 
that he is, he is faking being a man. And we're going to talk more about that in just a second because this plays into the allegations and the charges that he's facing as of December of 2022 in Romania. Okay, so I have no idea if the allegations, these, these allegations of rape against Andrew Tate in 2015 were true or not. The police didn't, didn't prosecute him. They said that it would be hard for them to obtain a conviction. I don't know why. I don't know whether he did this or not. We saw his text messages. If those text messages are authentic, they, they're a, a condemnation of his character beyond that. I mean, it, it, it's, it's evil. It shows him acting in an evil way. So fast forward to December of 2022, and um, a man called the U.S. Embassy in Romania to report that a former girlfriend of his had it was basically had been kidnapped and was being held against her will by Andrew Tate that he was forcing her to be one of the webcam girls that we we talked about how he how he built his wealth on these these pornographic videos that he hired women to make and then he sold um, and this this man reported to the U.S. Embassy that his this former girlfriend who was an American citizen was being held against her will so Romanian police staged a raid they investigated this they raided Tate's house. Um, and the, the studio that he used to film this, this porn. And he found, they found several women, and, and, and some of the women claimed that they were being held against their will. And so Andrew Tate and his brother Tristan Tate were arrested on these charges. They, um, they, were, they, had, they are in prison right now awaiting trial. They've been denied uh, bail. And um, did he rape these women? I don't know that either. Did he did he traffic these women? Was he was he holding them against their will? Were they sex slaves? I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested to see this court case play out. I do know two things. I do know first of all that Andrew Tate himself is gross. Andrew Tate himself is not a good role model for young men. Andrew Tate is is the equivalent of a false prophet for reasons that we'll unpack momentarily. And, and I, I do know for a fact, the one thing we know for a fact is that Andrew Tate exploited these women and profited off of prostituting them. That's what pornography is. It's prostitution. It's the sale of sex. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. So he, of course, claims that the Romanian authorities are targeting him because he opposes the quote-unquote matrix, which he he uses that phrase to describe what we would call the globalists, like the, the swamp, but at the international level. And I think you guys all know that I'm, of all the skeptics of government in the world, I'm maybe the highest of the high skeptics of, of the administrative state and the swamp, but... I would be much more convinced that this arrest of Andrew Tate by Romanian authorities was fishy business, was targeting him because, because he had pushed back against the radical leftist narrative if he weren't a creepy pimp. That muddies the water a little bit. The legal part of this we will watch unfold. If there's shady stuff, we will call it out. I'm interested to see whether there is. Whether there is. I'm, I'm always open to the idea that government is abusing their authority, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, the larger cultural thing here, the reason that so many of you asked me to talk about this, the reason that Andrew Tate went viral all the time is because he is, he is casting his line with a message that is very, very appealing 
to a demographic who is under attack. Young men, not just in our country, but in the entire Western world, this may not be as true outside of countries that that, uh, haven't copied the US woke culture, but young men have not only been neglected and underappreciated, they are actively under attack. They are told that because they are men, they are racist, they are rapists. They are told that masculinity is toxic. They're told that the, the only thing to do is to constantly apologize for their history of oppressing women, even if they themselves have never oppressed women, and that there's nothing they can ever do to atone for this. So the, 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 the best thing that they should do is to, to make themselves weak and feminized. There is an all-out assault on masculinity, and Andrew Tate speaks to that. Now, what, what he, where he goes very, very wrong is the fact that He's a sexist. He thinks women are proper are property. Now he claims that he plays a character, but that's the same thing Alex Jones said in his legal defense. And I understand that that is a defense that anyone in the entertainment industry uses in order to distance themselves from the things that they said. Oh, don't take me literally. I was joking. I play a character. That's not really me. That is, it's a lame excuse. I I don't buy it. I certainly don't buy it. Again, I don't know if these allegations are true. I know why young men listen to him. He acknowledges that young men are overlooked. He acknowledges that it's hard to be a young man. He acknowledges that culture demonizes manliness. Our culture in the United States tells young men that they are bad inherently. They, our culture pushes men towards being wimpy, feminized versions of themselves. In fact, our culture pushes men beyond that and says, maybe you should, maybe you should castrate yourself, chemically castrate yourself, physically castrate yourself, put on a wig and some lipsticks and heels and pretend that you're a woman, identify as a woman. And whether or not young men feel that they can say this, it makes being a young man very hard. And so young men need to hear that what our culture is telling them they should be is false. They need role models. The problem is the role model should not be Andrew Tate. I, I, I would liken what Andrew Tate does to, um, to someone preaching a, fa- a false gospel, meaning the first, the first glance, the first sentence of what is said might be correct, that men are designed to protect women, that, um, that men should be, should be manly, that men should be respected, that in order for women to be feminine, man ha- men have to be masculine. That's all correct. Just like if uh, someone preaching a false gospel might say, Jesus loves you. Jesus wants the best for your life. Jesus invites you to be part of the kingdom of God. All those things are true, but it's what comes next that matters the most. And um, young men fall for him because they lack role models. They lack father figures. And so instead, what do young men do? Young men without role models turn to pornography. The example of what young men think of as alpha, manly men, men that should be copied, men that should be emulated, men that are envied, are men that are in porn. That's what young men fill their minds with. And what does Andrew Tate do? Andrew Tate not only creates porn for these young men, filling their minds with poisonous ideas, Tate acts the part of the quote-unquote man in porn. That's the character that he plays. And that is evil. He's fishing with a tiny bit of truth to reel young men in into something that will wreck their lives even more than the toxic culture that we live in right now. So again, journey back just a little bit. Andrew Tate was banned by all the big tech platforms, by Facebook, by Twitter, by TikTok, all of these different places. 
because um, because he he says things that some people find offensive. Now, maybe you've found some of the things that he said today offensive. There were some of the things in those text messages that are beyond abhorrent. Those are not the things that he was saying on social media. The things that he was saying on social media were the were the videos that I showed you. And when he was banned from social media, I actually remember texting a friend of mine who works in the industry. And I was saying, well, it's too bad that big tech banned Andrew Tate because uh, it's too bad because it created sympathy for him. Because Andrew Tate is, is a fake man who mistreats and exploits women. He's not a good role model. But because big tech banned him, it's going to make people defend him. And I was disappointed to see that some conservatives actually defended Andrew Tate's character versus just defending him against being deplatformed, which is right and proper. I mean, I, I, I remember back when Alex Jones was first canceled off of uh, Twitter for saying horrendous things about the Sandy Hook school shooting. He, he accused parents of staging it or something horrendous. And he was banned from Twitter for it. And I said, listen, what he said was beyond horrendous, like inexplicably horrendous, but he's the canary in the coal mine. The, the big tech overlords are moving the Overton window by banning Alex Jones. And if we allow them to ban people on the fringes, then they're gonna move that window closer and closer to you. And soon you will be defined as being on the fringe. And that's exactly what we saw happen. So I understand defending Andrew Tate when he was deplatformed off of, off of social media. I understand defending him against censorship, but defending his character is an overcompensation and uh, was the wrong thing to do because Tate is not a real man. Tate is a loser playing at a man. He's mistreating women and his promiscuity is the opposite is the opposite of true of true masculinity. The message that young men need to hear, I'm not just gonna sit here all day and criticize somebody for doing something wrong. There's alternatives for, for young men, maybe not, maybe not as flashy as Andrew Tate, but there are good, strong, manly leaders who tell young men, I see you, I hear you, I appreciate who you are supposed to be as a man, and here's the way to live your life accordingly so that you live both a masculine and fulfilled lifestyle. There's a Catholic priest by the name of Father Chad Rippinger, and he speaks the message that young men across the world need to hear. Take a listen to this. Now, masculinity is under full-blown attack because of the absolute hatred that demons have for God the Father and the fact that men are in the image of God the Father. How about that? Here's what I would say. Here's the entire summary of the verdict of Andrew Tate, the character, not the legal part. The legal part, we'll have to wait and see. The character of Andrew Tate and what he says. Andrew Tate has partially diagnosed the correct ailment in our culture when it comes to how we treat young men. But he has miserably failed to prescribe the right antidote. In fact, in deliberately prescribing poison, he has caused more harm than not saying anything at all. He is the definition of someone preaching a false gospel. Okay, guys, and we'll follow, by the way, we'll follow how this how this turns out legally. If there's a problem with this court case, we'll call it out. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow, we are gonna talk about the Biden classified documents. This was just a drip, drip, drip of, of more documents um, that were found in Biden's residences and so-called private offices. All, all over the country, all weekend. It's funny because when this happened to Trump, it's all the mainstream media could possibly talk about. Every headline was about how Trump 
essentially gave our nuclear weapons to North Korea, even though that wasn't the case. But with Biden, it was just an accident, the mainstream media said. There's more to this than meets the eye, my friends. We can sit here and we can we can call the Democrats hypocrites. We can call the mainstream media. We can say, oh, they only the only standards they have are double standards for how they cover this when it's Biden versus Trump. All of those things are true, but, but the Biden classified document scandal goes a little bit deeper than that. There's what I would call some political incest that underpins what's going on, the targeting of Trump and then what's happening to Biden. So you don't want to miss that tomorrow. We will be talking about that. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.